Flip to Freedom, episode 27. Hello again, this is Sean Terry from the Flip to Freedom podcast, and we are on episode number 27. Now, if you are listening for the very first time, I'd like to welcome you and let you know that I am here to help you escape the 9 to 5 and live the lifestyle of your dreams by learning how you can make an absolute fortune flipping properties in your spare time, even if you are brand new and you have no cash, you have no credit, and you have never even bought a house before. Now, what the heck is flipping properties? Well, flipping properties and how you can do it with no cash and no credit is very simple. All you have to do is find a motivated seller, someone that is willing to sell their property at a discount, which I'm telling you, right now there are tons of motivated sellers in this market, and you sign a contract. That's it. You don't buy the house. You just sign a contract for a price. And then you find a cash buyer, which there are tons of those out there, and you sign a contract for a higher price. You bring those two contracts to an escrow officer or closing agent, and you tell them to do a double escrow or an, uh, a simultaneous close or an assignment, which is very simple. They know exactly how to do that. And the difference between what your contract to buy is and your contract to sell is would be your profit. Um, flipping properties is a blast because you can, uh, you don't have to have tons of cash or tons of credit. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be, uh, college educated. You don't have to, um, I don't know. You don't have to be brilliant, I guess, to, uh, to flip properties. But the beautiful thing about it is you can scale it into something where you could really make an absolute fortune. Now, let's say theoretically you're going to make an average of, say, $5,000 per deal. And let's say you, uh, you know, you have, uh, you know, you make $50,000 a year. Well, it would only take you 10 deals, 10 flips uh, to basically put $50,000 of cash in the bank and you would gain the experience in learning how to do that. And that's what this podcast is about. It's it's learning how to escape the 9 to 5. And how can you escape the 9 to 5? By uh, getting one year's worth of your income in the bank as fast as possible, gaining the experience and the knowledge of what it takes to flip properties, and to go out and then be able to have the option to quit your job if you'd like, and then go full-time flipping properties. Um, and then see in flipping properties, you know, what we call wholesaling houses, this is the first step. This is just the beginning. Then there is fixing flipping properties by buying properties, fixing and flipping. Instead of making five to ten thousand per deal, you can make twenty to fifty thousand or even more per deal. Um, and then after that will be maybe uh, turning around and buying cash flow properties and building a large portfolio of properties. You can do that. Um, which I've done. I've uh, I've built a, a property portfolio of 120 properties, 36 million dollars worth, and uh, happened to sell them at the top in 2005 and made millions and millions of dollars doing so. So um, that strategy definitely works. Now let me ask you a question: Do you think the market from where we are now will go up more? Or go down more in percentage? I'm guessing most of you will say it's going to go up more in percentage than it will go down in percentage. Now, the question always is when? Well, who knows? You know, so if you have cash flow properties and you have 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 of them, who knows? When the market does come back, you can capitalize on that if you decide to sell those properties into a rising market. Now, uh, you know, what's another thing you can do? Like I said, flipping properties is a start. Then you can fix and flip, and then you can build a portfolio. What else could you do? Well, large land development projects where you buy land and you improve it through entitlements, um, paper entitlements, and sell them off to home builders. I've done that. You could buy commercial properties, done that. Buy, you know, uh, buy apartment complex and improve the rents and improve, you know, the, the, uh, the cash flow on the properties, 
which increases the value. I've done that. So the thing is, is that and I, but I got started flipping properties. The first deal I ever did, um, I made eleven thousand eight dollars, and that was the start of my career in real estate. And I did it by finding motivated sellers, and I was taught to go uh, knock on doors, knock on pre foreclosure doors. And, uh, and, and turn around and get deals. Now, in this episode, um, I, I'm going to kind of you know back up and basically um, I just finished an episode of exactly what to do from step one in episode 22 all the way up to episode 26 from exactly what you need to do from um, you know, detailed steps through the entire process of, of how to flip property. So in this episode, um, what I'm going to do is say, listen, if, if I was brand new and I had extremely limited funds for marketing, what would I do? How would I get started? And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. So we're going to talk about the five ways to market for motivated sellers if you have no cash, if if you're completely have limited, limited, limited budget um, to uh, to to basically market for motivated sellers, I'm going to show you five ways that you can capitalize and you can get the phone to ring, but also uh, find these motivated sellers to uh, get them under contract and then turn around and find cash buyers and sell the properties. All right. So what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about writing yellow letters to absentee owners. Well, how do you find absentee owners if you don't buy a list? Well, we'll talk about that. Um, calling for sale by owners. I'll tell you how to do that. Writing yellow letters to vacant houses. Huge money in that. And we're going to talk about calling uh, for rent ads on Craigslist and in the newspaper. Um, we're also going to talk about pulling probate leads and foreclosure leads from the county um, and writing yellow letters to those. So we're going to talk about each one of those in depth. Now, if, like I said, if you're brand new and you don't know anything about Flip to Freedom, well, I wrote a 129-page detailed comprehensive blueprint that we have got I believe me, I've got unbelievable reviews um, on it of uh, people just raving of, of how uh, how awesome I go through all in detail all this information. I've had people say that they paid over a thousand dollars for the same information I give for free. Now, if you want to get that for free, um, just visit flip the number two freedom dot com flip the number two freedom.com and um, and you'll see a video of me on the front page there'll be a place where you can enter your email just stick it in there and I will email you a link to this uh, this special report and you can download it for free and I know you're gonna absolutely love it okay I also want to thank you for all the people who have submitted um, to iTunes uh, reviews and uh, people who um, you know, basically, uh, you know, went into iTunes and uh, submitted a review. I want to thank you so much for that. And I can tell you, it's been an absolute cra crazy day today. Been, um, I mean, I've been working with people all over the entire country. They're they're getting up. We launched the Flip to Freedom Academy last week, and it's uh, or a couple weeks ago, and it's been a blast working with the Tycoon members and and working with them personally and helping them through the process. So, well, I've actually got a a, a, a Tycoon member that. Actually, a couple of Tycoon members here that we are closing down on their first deal where they can make, um, you know, they sent out uh, yellow letters to absentee owners, um, like we talked to them, told, told them to. Actually, it was uh, to expired listings, which is a, a, another free list that you can target. Um, but uh, they got their first deal, and they uh, and we locked it up under contract, turned around and sold it, and now they're going to make roughly about forty five hundred dollars. It's a it's a team of college kids, uh, two kids, two college guys uh, out of uh, Tempe, and I give a shout out to them because they are super excited. Um, got another property today. We actually uh, got under contract for. Um, uh, what was it? It was like fourteen thousand, almost thirty thousand dollars. Fourteen thousand down, and then a carry. Um, and then what we did is uh, we put it out to market, and it didn't sell. It just the house was a, what we call just a downtown beater. It was a, it was a mess, boarded up, built in nineteen o two, and it was just just a trashed trashed house. Well. 
Um, we put it out there. I knew it wasn't going to sell at that price, but you know what? She was pretty adamant. She wanted to get it done. Well, her motivation level increased over time, and we basically got it down from roughly $30,000, which is a $14,000 down in a, in, a, in a small carry, down to $2,500 cash you wanted. Well, we put it out to market about $9,000, and uh, and then she had some back taxes, about $1,400. Well, on that particular deal, we'll net about $5,000. So that's not bad for a, a first deal uh, for just putting out a couple bandit signs on a <laughs> crappy little house down in uh, down in Phoenix. So, yeah. So it's uh, it's been a crazy day. We've got uh, sold uh, – basically got contracts and uh, working on getting contracts and two other properties right now that I met with motivated sellers and they're smoking deals. Uh, so we're getting those locked up. So it's been uh, unbelievable. I mean, the market people go, are there people buying properties right now? Well, uh, yes. If they're smoking deals, their buyers will come out of the woodworks for it. Is there still motivated sellers with prop with properties with equity? Heck yeah, there's tons of properties out there with equity. So, you know, uh, now is the time to get involved in real estate learn this business inside now all right now let's get into exactly how to market for motivated sellers when you have limited funds exactly how you can go out and do that now the first thing we talked about uh, number one is uh, writing yellow letters to absentee owners now typically what i tell people to do is go to listsource.com and uh, you can go there listsource.com and that's a way to be able to uh, search for um, for uh, absentee owners pre foreclosures and you can put criteria in there about you know if they have 50 percent equity or they have loan amounts that you know at uh, 50 percent LTV but you can do those search criteria and you can buy them buy the leads for pretty cheap you can buy four or five hundred leads for 80 90 bucks um, so it's it's a good source to be able to get leads. But let's say you don't have the 80 or $90 to buy those leads. Well, what can you do? Well, what you can do is you can search in your county records. Um, you can search in uh, a lot of uh, – actually, it's um, in your county assessors. Um, a lot of counties have what's called the GIS maps. It's a map uh, view of your city, and it's a parcel map. And you can click in. Now, if you go to your county assessor start playing around, you can find that. And if you go into the GIS maps or a map view of the property or parcel map, you can click into there. And you can click on each individual parcel within a uh, uh, an older housing development. Now, you want to look for houses that are built in the 70s and built in the 80s. Those are typical, typically the ones where um, you would find absentee owners. Now, a lot of absentee owners aren't going to buy, or if they have bought properties that are built in 2003, 2004, and 2005, typically those properties are upside down. You know, But if you look at the neighborhoods that are properties in the 70s and 80s, you will find um, absentee owners. And how do you know if it's an absentee owner? Well, the tax mailing address is out of state. So you have the property address, right? And then you have the tax mailing address is out of state. And you can send and write them a yellow letter, which we'll talk about in a second, um, and send them a yellow letter to their house, to their to the tax mailing address, and they will receive it. And then once they receive that, you know, the yellow letter has such an unbelievable response that they will uh, give you a call. Now, what is first off? What you know, I, I talk about in the book, and I explain exactly. And if you go to Flip Two Freedom freedom uh, com, you can download that. But I explain exactly what um, the yellow letter is and how it works. Or you can go to yellowletter.com if you want to uh, see the original yellow letter um, and what it looks like and how it works. But why does the yellow letter work so well? Well, first off, it's on a yellow lined piece of paper. It's a handwritten note in red ink. It is folded and put into an invitation-style envelope that you can pick up at you know, Office Max or Staples. Um, and uh, you put a uh, first-class or just a regular stamp on it. Um, it's a handwritten envelope. And on the back is, a, is your handwritten address, your return address. And it's not licked. It's actually just folded. So, that, so you don't lick the envelope. You just fold it into the back. And then you send it out to these uh, to these sellers. Now, 
you can have the company yellowletter.com they can write them for you for about a dollar 39 per letter but what if you don't have that dollar 39 per letter then what do you do well that's what we're talking about you can uh, write them yourself now writing all those handwritten yellow letters can be daunting I can tell you that right now I have written yellow letters I continue to write yellow letters because um, yeah, obviously we have we we are, we pay we pay people you know pay them to go out yellowletter.com to go out there and uh, and write the letters for us and we order them and we ship them out and mail them out um, and it works great but I also when I'm driving around I write vacant houses down and then I will personally write those letters to the vacant houses myself and I'll send them out probably about 25 to 30 a week um, that I will send out to vacant houses so um, now what if you wanted to write the or do the yellow letter by yourself what would you do well the first thing you would do is you buy the you know buy the yellow padded paper you buy the invitation style envelope and you'd have a red uh, a pen what you want it is what you want to write it in um, and like I said if you want to go to get an example just go to flip to freedom.com and you can uh, download that book and I have an example in there or go to yellowletter.com now um, what you do is you you write out your letter on your lined you write out the uh, your little note on the lined piece of paper the lined yellow piece of paper then you take a white piece of paper like a, like a, a copy paper and you put it directly over so it's directly over and you hold it up to a window so the light shines through and then you copy because you can see it through you can see your your uh, your letter through that piece of paper then you copy through onto the white piece of paper and then you take the yellow pad and you rip out say 10 pages you put it in your printer right and then you make 10 copies of that white paper that you wrote out and what happens is it will print out um, on there uh, on, on that yellow pa pa paper the bulk of the letter and what you want to do to personalize it is you don't want to have on that letter of course the name of who the person you're sending to and the property address inside that those are the two things you leave out of that letter that you can make uh, mass copies of it and then you can turn around and all you got to do then is now drop in the name and drop in the property address and you're done fold it up you know uh, you know print out the copy uh, actually write out the let the uh, the envelope and then um, and then the back of the envelope put the stamp on it and send it away that will cut your time literally in in more than half I mean it it, it will cut your time I, I mean I have one already printed out as soon as if I have one I'll, I'll print out 10 of them I'll just write the addresses in there I'll, I'll put them together and I can write you know 30 40 letters in a matter of you know if I'm if I have you know a bunch of vacant houses I'm trying to catch up on uh, 30 40 letters in a matter of uh, you know half hour 45 minutes I can get those out and out the door with no problem so I just wanted to throw that in on how to do the yellow letter yourself because I had someone ask me all right now uh, number two for ways to marketing for motivated sellers if you have limited funds first off calling for sale by owners this is phenomenal if you're going out and you're driving around right and you're out looking and you're going looking at properties anytime you see a for sale by owner sign make it a habit to call them up and ask them about their property what they're looking for um, what price they're looking for what type of loan amount they have on the property um, everything you, you want to um, ask them you know pretty much everything that's on the lead sheet that we have um, that is uh, all the information about the property and uh, and what to do now um, also when you also driving around makes you look for uh, vacant houses as well um, so you're driving around and, you're, and you are looking for for sale by owner now where else can you find for sale by owner you can look on Craigslist there are people selling properties for sale by owner you can look on Backpage and you can look on Kijiji um, another great place to find for sale by owners where you can get direct to the owner is go to for sale by owner .com and search 
uh, the listings and make the calls and then call these people up and ask them information about the property, what they're willing to sell for, what do you believe the after repair value, if they have a current mortgage on it, maybe they're maybe they're trying to sell it without a realtor because they can't afford to pay realtor commissions because they owe too much. Well, then you can do a uh, an agreement for sale or you can do a subject to on the property and uh, tie the property up that way and flip it. So there are a lot of different ways to uh, to when you're looking for for sale by owners to find find those and you will have tons of people to call and what I would do is look for listings on for sale by owner that have been on there for a long time because sometimes they haven't sold and then you have a very very motivated um, uh, seller when it gets to that point. All right. Now we talked uh, briefly about vacant houses, but let's get into it. Write down the address for all any vacant house. You're driving around. You're looking at you're looking at for sale by owners. You're looking for vacant houses. You're going to house to go check it out on a, on another property. Every time I go and I'm going to an appointment, like I did today, I did a couple appointments today. But every time I go, I drive the neighborhood. All around the entire – I used to get there about 15, 20 minutes early. I drive the entire neighborhood to get a feel, and I'm looking for properties that are <clears throat> for sale, so uh, for comparable properties. But also, too, I'm looking for vacant properties um, or I'm looking for for sale by owner properties that I can write down the address and I can call them. Then once you have that information, you can send them out a yellow letter. That's every time I go and do that, and I usually get, if I'm going out on two or three or four or five appointments a week, whatever, um, I can get 10 to 15 to 20 houses, uh, either for sale by owner or vacant houses a week that I can write them a yellow letter, and I'll get calls coming in consistently. All right. So um, what you do is now is you write the address down. So, you know, think about this. You're in a neighborhood, you see a vacant house. You see the weeds are pretty high. Now, what does a vacant house look like? Well, all the lights are off, the weeds are high, the trees are dead. Um, you can tell it's a vacant house. It just looks tired. Nobody's there. You can possibly stop and talk to the neighbors um, and do that and uh, find out if the house is vacant or not. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Um, or what you do is, I, to make it easy, I just write down the address of the property, write down the street, everything about the the, the, uh, the address. And then what I'll do is I'll cross-reference it with the tax records, and I'll find out if they have a tax mailing address um, or, or not. And it, sometimes they have a tax mailing address that's different from the actual property address, and then I will send them a letter. If not, then I will send a letter to the house because um, sometimes the people will come back up and pick up the mail or or if I have time, I will put a sign in the front yard that says must sell house fast. I will get cash buyers to call me off my sign and I will sometimes get the owner that will call me off the sign. Now, he's not going to be too happy because he's going to be like, what the heck are you doing with a sign in front of my house? And he can say, well, I'm sorry. My guys must have put it out in front of the wrong house. Oh, by the way, you want to sell your house? And that's a great way to actually get the owner to call you on a vacant house. Um, and it works great. So it's a little sneaky, but it, uh, you know, guess what? If the guy wants to get rid of the house and you're the one that can help him do it, um, then by all means, it's solving his problem. And actually, you have the ability to make money as well. All right. So you, you uh, uh, send a, a yellow letter to the tax address. Um, you also can do what's called a skip trace, and you can try to find um, um, find out where they are. If uh, but that's a little bit more difficult, and sometimes it costs money. All right, so that is uh, vacant houses number three. Um, next thing you want to do is actually it's number actually. That was number three. Now it's going to number four, which is call uh, for rent ads in Craigslist or newspaper. Now, think about this. You're looking for absentee owners or you're looking for owners, right? So owners, typically when their property becomes vacant, they'll put an ad on Craigslist or they have a property management firm that will put an ad out on Craigslist and they're trying to market the property. Well, you can contact these people. You can look on uh, Craigslist. 
um, for the for rent in the for rent section and, and start calling the owners and asking them if they're willing to sell their property. Maybe they're willing to sell it on a subject to or agreement for sale. Maybe they uh, maybe they have equity and they just want to get out of the thing because it's been uh, they've been trying to um, try to. Uh, you know, get it rented forever. Who knows? You never know by unless you call. Uh, check the newspaper, the local newspapers for um, for rentals. And you're looking for the in your rental section of your newspaper, and then just go down the list and start calling all the rental properties. And, and a lot of times you'll talk to the owners, and a lot of times you'll talk uh, directly uh, with the property management firms. Now, when you have, let's say, a property management firm that has a property, now what do you do? How do you get around that? How do you get around a property manager? Well, you know, they're going to have an address, correct? Now, you can you can go on your, your major local property management firm websites, and they're going to have properties that are listed for rent. Um, I know here in Phoenix we have a big uh, property management firm called Home Lovers, and they have all their properties listed for rent. Um, or you can go, I think there might be forrent.com. I, 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 I don't know if I've actually been to that site before, um, but, uh, but possibly you could, you could check out that. But, you know, for me, I would go through the local newspaper, and if you run into a property management firm or if you know a large property management firm, go to their website, and you can get the address, cross-reference it, uh, to the um, you know to the uh, tax records, and ninety nine point nine percent of the time you will find that the property management firms are managing properties for absentee investors. Exactly what you're looking for, and you will uh, want to send a, a, a yellow letter directly to the tax milling address. That is an unbelievable way to get a ton of properties. Now, think about it. You might go to you know, a website where a property management has 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 properties on there. Well, you can click through them, cross-reference them to the uh, tax records, and you get a whole ton. You get an entire list of uh, names that you could send yellow letters to. All right. Pulling, number five, pulling probate leads and pre-foreclosure leads at the courthouse. Now, these are public notices. You can go down to your county courthouse and speak to the to the clerk down there and ask them where you can get a listing of the probate leads or the pre-foreclosure leads that come um, that come to public notice. And they'll give you a list or show you where you can it might be a, a, a film that you have to to look at, one of those little film things on the on the screen, or um, it might just be a, a you know a, a notebook where they, they they post them all. But you can ask them where they post those, and they are for public notice. And you can write the information down, or potentially make copies of the information. So then you can s uh, send them a yellow letter. Now you want to write all the all the the leads down over the last say thirty days, or make copies of it, like I said, um, and then um, and then just send them out a yellow letter. You you might want to cross-reference with a tax address, uh, but typically on a probate situation, there's a deceased, of course, and um, and the, the the if you cross-reference it with that with the tax mailing address, you'll get the actual property itself, um, and the deceased name will own it. So, but in in there, they'll have either an attorney or also to they'll have the personal representative that you can send the letter to. Okay. That is number five, pulling probate leads and pre-foreclosures at the courthouse steps. Now, that is the five ways that you can market for motivated sellers if you have limited funds. Now, I want to talk to you uh, real quick about, um, see, when people get started in anything, whether it be real estate, whether it be like an online business, or whether it be... Um, a new job or whether it be a new marriage or a new girlfriend, whatever, there is an excitement level in the beginning. Something's new, it's new information, it's fresh, it's exciting, it's you're gung-ho, you're thinking about it all the time, you're excited, you're just ugh, amped up about it. But what happens over, it's about 90 days, Right? That excitement, the newness, the, um, the, the, the ideas and all that starts to fade away. And that excitement starts to dwindle. And, the, and what happens is you have tons of action, 
We have tons of action in the beginning because we're excited about it. We're writing letters. We're putting out banded signs. We're, you know, we're talking to uh, motivated sellers. We're talking to, you know, cash buyers. And what happens is if, if we don't get, you know, a, a big result or something we expect, we expect to make 2000 or 5000 or 10000 whatever the number is, if we don't get what we expect right quickly in the first 30, 60, 90 days, there is a tendency to lean to the side of potentially quitting. It's that for everybody. Now, think about it. Think about when you first started dating that, that, that perfect person, right? You know, it was all excited and, and you're just like all into them, you know? It's just, it was like you couldn't get enough of them. You couldn't see them enough and talk to them enough and be around them enough, right? But then 90 days later, the you know, kind of excitement kinds wear off. Yeah, you still like them and love them, but, you know, hey, well, now you get some work to do, you know what I mean? So, and, 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 and that new that excitement and newness starts to fade. And then you get into 120 days, six months down the road. Well, guess what? Then it starts to fade a little bit more. And same thing in business. Now, I remember, and I'll tell you a story, right when I, uh, when I first got started, I, you know, I, 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 if you ever, obviously, if you heard my stories in the previous episode, my first deal, I went out and knocked on uh, pre-foreclosure doors, um, and I got my first deal and made $11,008, and I was super excited, and, and I was, you know, that, that, did that in the first three weeks, and man, I was amped up. Yeah. Then the second deal, um, I tied up this little 800-square-foot piece of junk house um, that I cannot believe I even sold it. I mean, this thing was just pathetic of a house. And I did everything wrong. I actually gave um, the earnest money directly to the seller. I I wrote a contract with no out clause. He could have sued me if I didn't um, if I didn't uh, buy the house, which was stupid. And I always teach: make sure you have an out clause in your contracts. Have to have it. Um, so I didn't have out clauses. I gave money directly to the seller, right? And then I started trying to. You know, I didn't have cash buyers list. I didn't have an email list. We didn't have Craigslist. Didn't have anything that type of thing. And so then I started, you know, trying to find buyers. And I started looking in the local newspapers. And I started calling, um, you know, uh, people that are, are are trying to rent their house to see if they want to buy another house, or people that are trying to sell, like uh, for sale by owners. I tried to call them to see if they were looking for any other houses that they could uh, for sale by owner, fix and flip, or so. And I uh, found a guy who came over and looked at the house, and he said, there's absolutely no way I would touch this house with a 10-foot pole. So I started panicking. I was like, oh, my gosh, i got to close here quickly. I have no out contract. I did exactly the opposite of what I was told to do. So I asked him, I said, listen, do you know anybody that would buy this? And he goes, yeah, I might know somebody. I, I know a guy here. Here's his number. I called him up, met him over there. He looked at the property, and uh, – and his dad came over there because his dad was the funding source and said, okay, yeah, we'll do it. And I actually made $2,000 on that deal. And that was a huge success to me because I was freaking out and we all, because we almost didn't close the deal. We ended, I ended up making $2,000 on that deal and, uh, and I was excited. So I, I, you know, and that was probably about, that was probably another, you know, couple weeks after, uh, after uh, the, my this my first deal where I made eleven thousand eight dollars, so I, I was cranking, man. I had momentum. Hey, I, I just I was making money. This was good. I felt good. I was like, I'm doing it here. Well, then what happened was is that I was knocking on doors. I was um, I this is before I even knew about yellow letters. I wasn't selling. I was just basically knocking on doors. I would knock on door after door after door of pre foreclosures. I walk up to the door and say, "Hey, my name's Sean. I wonder if you'd like to sell your house before it goes to auction on so and so date." And they would either say yes, no. They take a gun on me. They set the dog after me. Whatever, you know. Like I said, I, I I don't I don't wish that on anybody. It was very very difficult. But anyways, what happened was is is uh, is that it went a while. Almost I think like almost let me see almost two months. Two months of knocking on doors every single day, and I was starting to freak out because 
you know, uh, before that I had a pool and landscape company and I was, I was cranking on that. I was doing okay. Um, and then, uh, I got, you know, I, I kind of switched out of that and I got sick of the pool and landscape and, and then I got into, uh, you know, flipping houses and, um, you know, so I, I kind of, I kind of turned that business off and I wasn't, I wasn't looking for more deals, more, uh, you know, pool and landscape jobs for it to do. I was actually looking for, you know, foreclosures and I was excited because I did two deals and I made some money. Well, I went for uh, months and I could not find another, could not get another one. I was like, what the heck is going on? I knocked the door after door after door after door. I was pounding my head against the wall and I could not find a deal. It was, it was nuts. And I was at the point, everyone will come to a decision point where you either sink or swim. And I was at that point. Do I jump ship and start spending my energy on finding pool and landscape jobs? Because I had, you know, had, had everything all lined up for that. Or do I continue down the path and continue knocking on doors and continue doing that? Well, I had the idea. Well, let me back up. I was at that decision point. Well, if you know me, or if you do get to know me, um, I always seem to take the hard path. It just, I, I just... I, you know, if there's an obstacle, I, I am a stubborn mule and I will pound through an obstacle until the obstacle basically cries mercy. And, uh, and I had that obstacle and I had his finger bent all the way back and I was waiting for that obstacle to say mercy because I was going to have that obstacle submit because I wanted to do this business so bad. And I was willing to knock on as many doors, so I got up early. And I guess what? Instead of doing 20 to 30 houses a day, I did 40 to 50 houses a day. I did whatever it took to push through. I did more action, more. And guess what? I had a brilliant idea. I had a. I, I thought, wow, this is brilliant. I found, I said, where can I find people that are struggling? Here's a little secret for you. I placed a small little ad inside a cheap jobs newspaper. It was like one of those job examiners or job papers, right? And uh, I placed a little ad in there, in the jobs, and I said, you know, need fast cash? Sell your house quick. No, you know, any condition, any price, call my number. And I said, okay, I'm just, you know, I put this ad, it was like super cheap, it was like next to nothing. I put the ad in just to see what would happen. As I was knocking on doors, well, you would not believe I got a call off the ad. And a guy called me up and said, I inherited this house. It was my father's. Um, there's been kids that vandalize it. It's all boarded up and it's a nat it's a mess. It's it's you know, it, it's a mess. And I own nothing on it. There's nothing, it's free and clear. Just, you know, tell me a price you pay for it and I and you know, I'd be I'll, I'll, you know, I'd buy it. <laughs> you know, so I actually went to his house. I had my contract. I mean, I, I was literally shaking. I was so you know so, so excited to do this deal. Uh, so I went to his house. I talked to him. I went over to the other house, and uh, and and I looked at it, and it was nasty. I mean, this house was, I mean, terrible, terrible house. And I didn't have, you know, I, I didn't really have a method for trying to find cash buyers. So, um, so I actually ended up getting it under contract for roughly about forty to forty-three thousand dollars. I got it under contract for. Now it's probably worth about a hundred and ten, hundred and twenty. So I, th I think I think I had a good deal, which I thought, even though it needed a lot of work. So what I did was, is I took a bunch of pictures of the property and, you know, had that. And then I went to the local Azria meeting and I started networking with other buyers there, right? Other people, they're the cash. And I started talking and saying, hey, who do you know that's, that's a, a fix and flip guy? And he pointed to this guy and said, hey, he's a, he's a big fix and flipper. He'll, he's looking for, you know, properties all the time. I said, great. Went up and talked to him. I got his card and said, listen, if I have any deals, I'll call you. So the next day I called him up and said, I got a smoking deal for you. I want you to come and look at it. 
I gave him the details on the phone. I had him meet me over at the house, and we were in front of the house. He had a truck. It was like his little, uh, you know, fix and flip truck there for all tools and stuff. And uh, and what we did was is uh, we started negotiating price, right? And I said, I want $73,000 for the price. Um, he goes, can't do it. Can't do 73. I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, you know, what can he do? I just can't do 73. I said, okay, what can you do? And he said, well, I can do 71,000. I said, what about 72? He goes, all right, we'll do 72. We wrote up a contract right there on the spot for $72,000. I ran it down to escrow as fast as I could, and we closed it the following week. And I made $29,139.63 on that deal. That was the deal that basically was, holy cow, I'm getting rich in this business. <laughs> I was, I was... I was excited, needless to say. But what we're going to do, people come down to this decision point. In one of the best movies, the best movies that I love, that you have to see, is uh, Rudy. You've got to see Rudy. Now, Rudy is a guy... Um, a kid who uh, graduates high school, and he's in this little town outside of uh, you know, South Bend, um, where Notre Dame plays. And his family has never went to college, his, his entire family. They all worked in factories. And he wanted, he had the dream, he aspired, he wanted to get out. He wanted to go to college, but he wasn't smart enough. His teachers said he wasn't smart enough. His friends said he wasn't smart enough. Even his dad said he was not smart enough to go to school. And his dream, this kid's dream, was to play for Notre Dame. But the problem is he didn't have the grades. His grades were terrible. So he, what did he, what did he do? He, I mean, he, had to, he had to play, wanted to play. Every single Sunday, they'd watch the Notre Dame football. The entire family would crouch around the TV, and they would you know, just worship the Notre Dame football. They absolutely loved it. I mean, this. I mean, he had. I mean, Notre Dame all over. Notre Dame jacket. Notre Dame everything. I mean, these guys were deep, deep uh, Notre Dame fans. So his dream was to do that. Well, what he did was, <clears throat> is that he told his parents and said, "I'm going to go to school. I don't have the grades to Notre Dame, so I'm going to go to a community college and I'm going to try to get my grades up to go to uh, to uh, Notre Dame." And and. All his brothers laughed at him, told him he was crazy, and he packed up his stuff, and he was determined and stubborn, and he went down to the bus station with just a few bucks in his pocket, and uh, he had his big old pack on, and he went down there, and his dad, while he was waiting for the bus, came rushing down and said, what are you doing? And he goes, I got a dream. I got a dream. I want to play for Notre Dame. And he, And his dad was like, Dreams are nothing. Get back to reality. Get back to the plant. Get back to your family. You don't have the smarts. You'll never make it happen. You'll never make it work. You're not smart enough, Rudy. And it just drilled the spite in him even more. He turned his back. He got on that bus and he took it over to Notre Dame. And he went to a school called Holy Cross. Um, and he went and he went uh, to uh, two different semesters there. And each semester, he worked on his grades and he worked on, and, um, and he submitted to apply to Notre Dame for, uh, for school so he could actually go there. Well, during that process of those two years, he actually went 
and he worked for the field administrator that took care and cleaned the field and put the lines on the field and cleaned up all the trash in the in the stadium and uh, and uh, made sure that all the goalposts were done you know correctly and make sure the paint was fresh and done for the Notre Dame in the end in the end zone and make sure the stadium was perfect. It was the stadium's grounds crew, and he worked for them for minimum wage for two years while he was going to school to get his grades up so he could go to Notre Dame. Well, he didn't have anywhere to live. He was literally just, I mean, he was living in, 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 in the locker room. Well, what happened was, is the, um, the boss, his boss was, uh, an, um, an older black gentleman, um, who, uh, was, you know, you know, very, very nice guy, but very stern, very stern. And what he did was he left a key for him and he would sneak in the window every single night and he would stay in the locker room and sleep in the lock in the, in the locker room uh, of the grounds keeper or whatever place there. And, uh, and he would basically, that's where he'd sleep. He'd get up early, take a shower and he'd be out the door and he'd be off to school. And he did that for two years. And during that process, he applied to Notre Dame. Uh, he only had, I guess, uh, basically three times to apply. The first time he was turned down and it got, it was just crushed. Second time he was turned down. The third time he was turned down and he had one more shot before he got turned down. And at the, after that third time, he decided to quit. He's like, I'm done. I am done. I am. He's he just completely done. Now listen to this conversation of what Rudy has to say about quitting. Hey, 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 what you doing here? Don't you have practice? Not anymore. I quit. Oh, well, since when are you the quitting kind? I don't know. I just don't see the point anymore. So you didn't make the dress list. There are greater tragedies in the world. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. To prove to everyone prove that I worked... what? That I was somebody. Oh, you are so full of crap. You're five feet nothing. A hundred and nothing. And you got hardly a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in with the best college football team in the land for two years. And you're also going to walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. And after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, it ain't going to never happen. Now go on back. Sorry, I never got you to see your first game in here. Hell, I've seen too many games in this stadium. I thought you said you never saw a I've game. I've never seen a game from the stands. You were a player? I rode the bench for two years. Thought I wasn't being played because of my color. I got filled up with a lot of attitude. So I quit. Still not a week goes by, I don't regret it. And I guarantee a week won't go by in your life, you won't regret walking out, letting them get the best of you. You hear me clear enough? So do you hear him clear enough? That is a powerful, powerful segment. And here is actual Rudy Rudiger's quote. He says, never quit. Don't ever, ever quit. Recognize that stopping now, recouping to try a new approach isn't quitting. If you quit, you regret it forever. Rudy Rudiger. 
See, you're going to have this excitement and you're going to have this motivation and you're going to take action. You're going to put out yellow letters and you're going to put out banded signs and you're going to talk to motivated sellers. You're going to talk to buyers. There will be a point that's going to test you to see how bad you want this. Whether it be the lack of response or it's going to be an expectation of something. You might expect to make, I want to make 10 grand in my first deal. Or 10 grand in my first two months. And you only make three. That's the expectation. You go, oh man, I blew it. I only made $3,000. You made $3,000 in your business. And you learned how to go out the entire process and how to do that. There will be a decision point that you will hit. That it's going to make or break you. You're either going to let that obstacle overcome you and you're going to cry mercy or you are going to overcome that obstacle and blow through it. And on the other side are going to be things that you never dreamt possible. Listen, if this business was so easy, everybody would be doing it. You realize that? This is not a get rich quick. This is not... You know, oh, I, you know, it's just blink. It's going to happen overnight. You can make a lot of money. You can make a lot of money quick in this business. But I want to be clear is that this takes effort, work. You have to work your butt off to get to a certain point. And guess what? Then the leads will come easy because you're going to have the ability and the cash to put it in the, into internet marketing to put it into yellow letters, to put it into um, um, having training bird dogs to bring leads to you. And then deals are going to come to you so plentifully that you're going to be so busy and you're going to be loving it. And, and you, you can decide to turn it on or off as much as you want. But you'll never get to that point if you quit. And then what's going to happen is you're going to have regret of what if I did it? What if I overcame that obstacle? What if I made it happen? What would my life be like if I didn't quit? And you'll have the pain of regret for the rest of your life. So reach deep down in your gut. Find your intestinal fortitude. Your, your, your will to fight, your will to win, and make a commitment right here and right now with me that you will not quit when the going gets tough. Because you are stronger than that. I know you are. And you have a dream and you have a vision that is worth pursuing. And you can achieve it if you put forth the effort and you never quit. Now, if you want more, please go to flip2freedom.com and you can download my free 129 comprehensive page blueprint where you can uh, read exactly, specifically, a 19-week program of exactly how you can quit your job in 19 weeks or less. Now, next week, we have an awesome interview with a multi-million dollar real estate investor. This guy's absolutely phenomenal. He's made a fortune in this business with a unique little niche that he's going to share with you that is unbelievable. So if you haven't subscribed to the uh, iTunes podcast, then please do so so you can get updated uh, instantly when we have um, you know, when we have, uh, you know, new episodes come up or if you have a Blackberry, you can, uh, you can subscribe via that or just go to the website at flip2freedom.com and you can check in, um, with episodes. I, I usually have episodes coming out every single week for you, um, with cool information that's happening right now in the market that you can use useful in your business, uh, to quit your job in 19 weeks or less and help you escape the nine to five. So it's been a pleasure with you today and i pray that you don't ever 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 give up on your dream and quit 
until next time, take care and God bless. Thank you.